Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back, all of my beautiful friends from the internet. What is going on, everybody? Uh, I'm super happy to be back with y'all again today on this beautiful, beautiful Tuesday, uh, or whenever you happen to be listening to this episode, whenever that be, morning, evening, or night. Welcome to the Reddit Ask po- Asks Us podcast. I am your host, Luke Dick. This is the podcast where we read and react to comments from r slash ask Reddit. Remember, if you're watching on YouTube, remember to like, comment, and subscribe. If you're watch- if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever else you get your podcasts, please remember to leave us a rating and also leave us a review. Remember, if you want to comment your response on this week's episode or your answer to this week's Reddit question, if you're listening on Spotify, you can click the description of the episode and you'll see a white icon that says reply and you can submit your reply and then you'll be notified when your response is published. So thank you all so much uh, for submitting responses every single week. It is just so amazing to hear from everybody. So uh, this week uh, or last week's episode was what was the most creative insult you've ever heard? So first one we got here, I don't actually, oh man, I should have looked this up beforehand, but it's the emoji that's like um, just the dotted sort of circle and a very, you know, unimpressed face. I can't remember what that one is. Um, says, you look like you wouldn't fit in a kimono. I don't know if you're Japanese. That feels very specific. A kimono. Why a kimono? <sighs> Buddy over there would definitely not fit in a fucking kimono, bro. No kimonos for you, bro. Not a chance, bro. If you ever thought about buying a kimono, shit, bro. You might as well give up on your dreams, bro. That's like no kimonos for you, bro. No kimonos. I'm telling you, bro. Maybe a bathrobe. You could maybe fit a bathrobe if you're lucky, bro. But no kimonos, bro. You seriously think you could want a kimono, bro? You seriously think you could fit into a kimono? It's like that feels like a very specific insult. Um... I'm not trying to add insult to injury, though. I'm just trying to riff off the situation. Stressed human, thanks a lot again. Stressed human, great to see you. Uh, you look like and act like a homeschooler who can't socialize. You know what's so funny about this, uh, stressed human? Is when I when you submitted this response, I thought you were insulting me. And I was like, I was so pressed for a second. I was like, how do you even know what I look like? I haven't like posted videos in a long-ass time. Like, what the hell? Like, I'm like... Oops, sorry, bo- sorry, folks. I dropped my phone. Um, I was like, "How that? Like, what the hell, dude? Like, why would you say this? You comment on all my stuff, and then I'm like, oh, just kidding. The episode name is literally what's the most creative insult you've ever heard.' So, I played myself on that one. <laughs> um, yeah, homeschoolers. Yeah, that's 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 what that's probably a dev. That's that's fairly devastating. If you get if you get called a homeschooler, bro. Oh. Just human, don't worry. You're not a homeschooler, okay, bro? You listen to the Reddit Ask Us podcast. You're chill as fuck. You're cool as fuck. That's just the way it is, okay? There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Like, you're dope. And that's just the end of the story. But, um, yeah, that, 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 that person's just trying to hurt your feelings, bro. That person is just straight up trying to hurt your feelings. Because, like, homeschoolers, that's a, that's a tough insult, bro. That's, no one wants to be called a homeschooler, bro. No one wants to be, homeschool, everyone knows the homeschoolers. It's just, it's like being called an only child, it's like you're just a, yeah. Like they want to make you feel like you're a freak or something. You're not a freak. Just trust human trust. Um, Phil Savannah, welcome back, Phil. 
Uh, hello, hello, hello. 124, you said, y'all, welcome to the South. You know, Phil, I was talking to my parents about this the other day. I am adopting. I mean, it's not like, because I'm from Canada. We don't really say y'all, really. But, um, I mean, I, I actually mostly really started saying it because of just, like, you hear it in music, like, especially hip-hop music. You know, fuck y'all, you know. <laughs> just kidding. But, um, that's why this podcast is not, this podcast is age-restricted. It's not meant for kids, because I swear a lot. But anyways, um, this is uh, about the y'all thing. I was talking to my parents about this. I, y'all is great because it's, it's, it just means you all. It's very inclusive, all right? It's gender neutral. I, got, I used to work as a host, a host at a restaurant, and I got reamed out one time by this group of ladies sitting at a table because I was like, anything I can get for you guys? And she's like, guys, like we are ladies, we are women. Please do not call us guys. She said it in a funny, joking way, but it was like, sit down, little boy. You know, don't call us that. And I was like, that was kind of one of the first moments I thought, oh, damn. Because I always thought as guys as sort of a gender neutral sort of thing, right? But I do realize that guys is generally referring to dudes. Historically speaking, it it probably, you know, originated from the fact that men used to really be the only people sitting at the table, right? And, you know, that kind of is just like, you know, I don't want to perpetuate that. But you all is great because y'all is just, you know, y'all is y'all. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's just everybody. It's you all. It's not, you know, it's not, it's very, it's very inclusive. You know, it's just that kind of term. So that's, I'm, I'm it, it's a great expression, Phil. And that's why I'm taking it. Um, he's got a face for radio. Uh, you're the water that comes out of the ketchup bottle. Hurts because no one has ever want has ever wanted it. Yeah, that's tough, bro. That's very tough. Yeah, the the ketchup bottle one. That that's one that gets me. That's the whoo. That's man, like, god damn, bro. Somebody's out to get you, bro. Somebody is like somebody's a hater, bro. These people are haters, man. Um so Vortex commented on YouTube. Thanks a lot, Vortex. Great to see you again. <clears throat> so there's a girl in my friend group that is so annoying and only one person actually likes her also she is very overweight but she fat shames her brother uh but when she was saying that we should all dress up for halloween she said that we should do a disney theme she said she could dress up as tinkerbell the next thing i know i blurted out more like taco bell oh no Oh, no. It went silent, and then everyone laughed at her. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Vortex. Um, I know, and, and Vortex says about, like, the, I had my camera on in older episodes. I know. The thing is, man, and I, I mentioned that I used to film the episodes. I just, I honestly, it, a lot more work goes on to goes into it when it terms in, like, when filming. I'm, like, I'm in university. Like, I was in summer classes this whole t time. Like, I'm... <clears throat> I'm working on a lot of other like projects that I got going on too. And my life is just, it's too busy, man. I wish I could film it again. And I, and that's the goal, right? The goal is to get back filming the episodes again, but it's, it's just, yeah, it's just going to be some time before I do that because it's just, yeah, the light, like I don't have enough time to be putting videos together, editing them, you know, it's just, yeah, it's tough, but, but you know what? It's the goal to get back there. Right. It's, that's kind of the goal. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a, it's, it's sometimes that type of shit comes out of your mouth. And like, that's the thing, I guess, like, I'm not really one for fat shaming in general. You know, you don't really want to stoop to anyone's level. But at the same time, she's a hypocrite. 
she can't be go calling her brother fat and you know and making him feel bad about his weight and then you know she's you know not living up to that standards and expectations she sets for other people so there you go and you know I understand it's kind of like that's just a knee-jerk response and that I guarantee you if I was there and I was involved in your group of friends I probably would have laughed laughed out loud as well um okay so thank you all so much for responding please please keep them coming it's so awesome to hear from from everybody it's just it's just great uh, I love reading off the responses every week. So we're going to just hop and just take a deep dive in today's episode. So today's episode is from the main Ask Reddit page, as you all know, uh, which profession has the most effed up people in it? So I was talking to a friend of mine last night and he said, because he's trying to become a paramedic and he was t- saying that that there's a lot of people who become paramedics who are just different. Like, they're great people. Don't get me wrong. They're amazing people. Great people. They do great work. But he's just like, sometimes you just have to have a brain that's just wired differently. Like, you know, <clears throat> he was telling me about all the you know dead bodies he's seen and crazy shit that people he know has seen. I'm like, Bro, I haven't even seen, I haven't, I don't think I've ever seen a dead body outside of my great grandmother, you know what I mean, in the casket, or, bo- or a body in a casket, because I've seen other bodies in caskets, but that's what I'm saying, I was like, I don't think I've ever just, like, seen a dead person just, like, lying on the street, you know what I mean, and, like, that seems traumatizing, he's just saying, yeah, he, he just is saying, like, man, people who, sometimes people who just get into the paramedic profession, they're just built a little different, man, they're built a little different. All right, so first one comes from the Deadly Squid. People I have met who are quote-unquote life coaches seem to be the most wackadoodle people ever. Uh, WizKidOW uh, replies and says, I've had two close friends in my life become life coaches. Calling them a wackadoodle is close to the truth. They are, but in my opinion, there's more to it. They want to help people but have no discerning skills outside of reading too much fad fitness self-help literature and being charismatic. Also, they are both fairly wealthy but didn't make the money themselves. I think their heart is in the right place, but the wealth, crunchy granola bars, and pseudo-intellectualism, many from self-help books, melted their brains. This is facts, man. It's like, like this this is the thing with people who are like motivational speakers. It's like... They didn't actually do anything. You know, people have told me throughout my life, like, well, you should be a motivational speaker. I'm like, yeah, well, what have I really done, though? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like in order to motivate people, you have to, you know, give them a reason to be motivated. And I'm like, how about I just, like, do shit first and then help people? It's like, this is what I've accomplished from the sake of being accomplished, you know, for the sake of just, like, knowing that this is the right route to take. And it's just like, well what have you accomplished? Becoming a motivational speaker? Like, that just doesn't seem like, you know, tangible enough for people to relate to that, you know? But, yeah, and and it's just, it doesn't, yeah, like, I think there's a couple dudes that I know who are, like, motivational speakers, life coaches, whatever. (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) It comes off very, like, just not genuine. It, It comes off very forced. And it's just, like, believe in yourself the only thing that you should not believe in is the people who doubt you and it's just like bro like like i'm gonna go lift 800 pounds now you know what i mean like it's just 
who are you to be telling me that? You know what I mean? Like, it's just, I don't know. Like you need, like, it's just, yeah, you haven't accomplished anything other than being a motivational speaker. So I don't really like, I don't really, your track record is not, it's not full of a bunch of diverse experiences. You know, it's just like you telling people to just, you know, just do it. It's like, okay, that's not, that doesn't really feel super helpful. Um, Landscape West 2037 replies and says, as an old professor of mine once said, life coaches are people who want to be psychologists without going through the work of actually becoming a psychologist. Yeah, man. And, and like, honestly, a lot of people are like a lot of life coaches are very good at like, you know, understanding like how people function and work. They're really like, I don't think I've ever met somebody who's like, like one of those type of people and they're not really socially talented, like socially skilled. You know, they have, they're really good at talking to people, really good at like figuring people out, you know, figuring out what, um, you know, what means a lot to them, you know, how they can get closer to them, how they can kind of make them do what they want, you know, how, how they can kind of, you know, um, just maneuver them and, and, you know, kind of use them like puppets type thing, you know, just, yeah, like just, yeah, classic, just great people though. Really great people. Not even, I wouldn't even say manipulative. That's not even, we should move on. Um, yeah, I don't want to talk about this anymore. (laughs) Just kidding. Making jokes, friends. Um, next one comes from super checker politicians. Yeah, bro. Like, how politicians are another interesting one too because a lot of politicians like they don't like other than having like a degree in political science like like for example like there's a lot of politicians who don't understand anything about finance and it feel I feel like it's like bro like how can you be a president a prime minister and not understand like how money works you know what what like understanding the lingo, the jargon, like what, what economic moves are going to be, you know, positive or negative and like how banking systems work, how loans work. Like, I feel like it's like, bro, like you got your political science degree and specialized in the interrelational politics of the Muppets. Like, you know what I mean? Like, 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 you know, how Sesame Street influenced the giant gener influenced the generation was your thesis, bro. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, um, don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking political science degrees. I'm just saying that's that's what it seems. The politicians who have poli sci degrees, it feels like that's what they studied. You know, I know people who are doing poli sci and they're super smart, super intelligent, very well well versed people. But these are not the people who I see in positions of power, bro. <laughs> like the people who I see in positions of power are feel just very just un like uneducated, not not um you know, in tune or in touch with the, with the real life living people. And like, they all come from like, you know, rich, rich and wealthy families. It's like, bro, what do you know about living, bro? What do you know about, about what it's like to live as a, as a everyday citizen in this country or in this municipality or this province or state or area? Like, you know what I mean? It doesn't like, what do you really know about the area? It's just the positions of power they've, they've come into of being because of other people who have influence and power and positions, not because they actually, you know, can re- like relate to anyone on a, on a, on an actual like societal level. But yeah, like, and then you just hear about all the stupid stuff politicians have done. Like, like r- fucking Rob Ford, the mayor of Toronto was smoking crack, bro. There's videos of this dude smoking crack and he denied it multiple times. He denied it multiple times and he was smoking crack 
bro. The mayor of the city was smoking crack. How, like, what? Like, how? How? This, these are our, this is what I mean, bro. These are our politicians. Does that really seem like a very well-rounded person? Yeah, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm, we're working on the, on the city's sewage system right now. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's a really busy job, but nothing really gets me through it than just a nice old, old, great bowl of crack, you know, just a relaxing, you know, kick my feet up, you know, after I have a glass of wine with the wife, you know, just kick the feet up, relax a little bit. Politicians need some time off too. Okay. We, you know, it's not, it's not, it's a 24 seven job. Okay. We need some time off as well. And just nothing just hits other than just a little bowl of crack. Just a little tiny, you know, itty bitty bowl of crack. There's nothing wrong with that, right? Right? There's, no, there's nothing wrong with a little, you know, bowl of crack. You know, just as as your leader and politician, you know, everyone needs some time off. Okay, don't don't be harping on me like I did something bad. Um, all right. Next one comes from Nathan Pazzi. The car business is full of degenerates. Professional Cheek 16 replies and says, I was in college and interviewed to sell cars. The interviewer said, you might feel bad the first time you get some old people fix on a fixed income and sell them a car you know they can't afford. But once you get that commission check, you'll forget all about it. I got up and walked out. Yeah, don't you just love robbing old people of like all the money they've ever made in their entire lives and then some? This is why, bro, this is why I hate sales, man. Like, I, I like, like sales, like car sales, like retail sales, like, like, I guess, um, there are certain, there's different types of sales, right? Like there's not, not all sales are created equal. Sometimes it's like you, you're selling a service that is like a needed service, right? Or an essential sort of service. So it's not like you have to, you know, you know, flip a sign and say, bye, bye, bye here. But, um, but retail sales and a lot of like, 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 um, selling of possessions, items, cars, things, it just like, it feels so pressured. Like, I don't, I don't want to force you to buy anything. Who am I to tell you that you should buy this dude? Like, I don't like convincing people that they should buy something. If you want it, get it. Okay. I don't want to be here trying to be like, no, no, like you should spend more money. You should spend more money. I feel so disingenuous because the only reason why a salesman is like incentivized to sell anything is because they make money themselves off that sale. So it doesn't really feel like a salesman is trying to actually help you. It feels like, no, I just want to like, I want to say it feels very self sort of centered. You know what I mean? This is, this is why I was just, I don't know. I was never that great at like retail sales because and like I actually preferred working in a restaurant, you know, because I'm not trying to like convince people to buy expensive things as a rest at a, at a restaurant. I'm just there to serve them. They're going to get what they want, you know, unless they ask for a recommendation. But, you know, I just, yeah, sales feels so forced, you know, it feels like, like, I don't like, it feels like peer pressure, man. Like, I'm not trying to put that on, on people, bro. Like spend your money. You know how much money you have spend, spend it wisely. You know what I mean? We all, we all have a limited amount of money in this world, right? You know, if, if you're a millionaire, whatever, if you're coming in to buy a car, you know, you what car you want to buy. That's different, but I don't want to sit there and like, you know, convince you and get, get the bells, get the whistle. No, no, no. It's not my thing. It feels very disingenuous. Um, <clears throat> Blackthorn replies, Blackthorn917 replies and says, this is exactly how I felt during my time working for AT&T in sales. I maintained my principles while there, uh, while there, but I took constant flack from management for not upselling enough. Listen, someone comes in for a phone, I sell them that phone. 
maybe a case in earbuds. Past that, unless they actually seem to need something, I'm not slinging random bullshit to pad your store's sale metrics. I left after a year or so. The slimy nature of those places disgusts me now. That's exactly right. It's like they also, like managers and stuff, like they want to make, they're not, they're not like, encouraging you to sell more because it it benefits you or the customer in any way it just benefits like the store the company the corporation it's like bro like oh like why are you so why are you so loyal man like like does it really matter like you know what i mean is it does it really in the grand scheme of things especially when you create a toxic work environment and culture because of stuff like that you know what i mean it's just you're not motivating people to want to work for you at all like it's not you're not you're not really getting people to, to feel great about themselves. It doesn't feel like, I don't feel good about myself trying to like convince somebody to buy something. Uh, that especially that they don't need. Uh, it's Dems next comment says prison guards. Yeah, bro. If you're a prison guard, bro, how did you like, why bro? It's like, no one should be a prison guard past like the forties, bro. Like, you know, there used to be a time where, you know, Maybe the job like that presented itself and you're like, it's good money, it's good pay, you know, it's a consistent job. It's not the greatest job, it's not the most glamorous job, but hey, it's 19 fucking 40 right now, you know? Times are tough. But it's like, unless you're, like, that doesn't really seem like a profession nowadays that that seems like, a, you know, oh yeah, just, just you know, just go and just be a prison guard. It's like, mm, mm, that seems a little different. That seems like, are you a sadist by chance? You know, are you, is there any, is there any, you know, is there, like, is there any narcissism going on there? A little bit of sadistic, you know, power trips, stuff like that. Do you enjoy watching other people, you know, get hurt? Do you enjoy exerting power over others? You know, I think it's funny because it's like the same people, the same things that might get a person in prison might be the exact same reason somebody is attracted to being a prison guard. You know what I mean? Somebody is with like antisocial personality disorder who's just, you know, crazy and, you know, commits a lot of crimes and shit might be again attracted to be a prison guard because, you know, antisocial personality disorder. Maybe they don't feel empathy. They just like exerting powers over the over other over someone else. And I can't imagine a prison is the greatest environment to work in either. Doesn't doesn't sound like you hear too much about you know, oh my God, I love my job as a prison guard. It is just, it is so fulfilling. It is so fulfilling. Just, you know, putting them in their place. Don't you just love it? Don't you just love just cracking the whip? Ah, I love it. Ah, it's just, ah, it makes me feel so good, you know? Just life to, just breathes life into me, you know? It's just great environment, great people, you know? Just love it so much. Oh, I can't stop thinking about it. Ah! You know, not, yeah. Doesn't seem great. Uh, Leo Foitas, uh, or Foitas, replies and says, used to play video games with a guy from Texas that was a prison guard, that was a guard at some prison. He divorced his wife, who I had also become friends with, so that he could profess his love for me. I turned him down and told me, I turned him down and he told me if I ever went to Texas and he found out he'd make sure I wouldn't leave the state. Bro, that's what I'm saying. That's a, that's criminal. Okay. That is the way somebody with narcissistic personality disorder thinks that same personality disorder might end you up in jail, but it might end you up on just the exact opposite side. You know what I'm saying? This is why like, 
sometimes it's just yeah this is the same reason why i'm very skeptical of you know police and stuff like that not that there aren't good police officers out there prison guards are definitely more skeptical of that seems like were you dishonorably discharged maybe maybe that's feels like that's where all the dishonorable discharges go but uh and I, my apologies if you're a prison guard and you actually are good at your job and you like doing what you're doing. I'm not trying to discriminate. It's just this is how I feel in my mind. This is just my preconceived conception, okay? Um, but it doesn't doesn't really seem like the very normal, you know, career path for somebody who's, you know, all mentally, you know, at peace. Seems like there's a couple demons there. But, um, oh, well, what was I about to say? Uh... Yeah, and the same thing. Yeah, it's the reason why I'm I'm skeptical of like police officers and all that kind of thing too. Because it's like, man, you gotta just wonder like how many people are getting into that job who just do have an affinity for, for power and and uh, you know exerting that and feeling that over other people. Just uh, not not my thing. Not not not. Gotta say that it's probably not at a, a profession that I'd be too interested in you know, getting involved with. Um, next one comes from valuable appendage. People in the restaurant industry seem to develop substance abuses very quickly. I don't think the industry attracts those people, but rather the stress of the job combined with the availability of alcohol and other drugs create the perfect storm. Man, and that's the thing, bro, is there is such a, like, and, like, I witnessed this for myself because I worked in restaurants, and, like, there is such a divide between, like, management and ownership and the actual people who do the work because it's, like, a lot of managers and owners they can't cook, bro. They can't cook. All right. And they, a lot of them just really, yeah, they, they, they don't respect the, the, the people who do the, the real work at the places. And then, and then I think that encourages people who already deal with that sort of thing to fall into that is because they don't get any respect, man. Like they really don't. And when they're in a cycle of not getting respect, they, you know, you know, dis dis of disvalue themselves. You know, they 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 feel like they bring their own value down because because of that, and then it just creates a you know nasty cycle. When these people are very talented, man, like like the cooks that I used to work with. I mean, a lot of them, like you know, some not all, but some of them had issues and stuff and things they were dealing with. But it's like, damn, bro, you are talented, man. Like, you have such a passion for cooking, and you know how to cook, man. Like, you could go home and make yourself a five-star meal right now, dude. I cannot do that, bro. I can absolutely not do that. And these people aren't taught to be proud of their skills, you know what I mean? Cooking is just like, oh, yeah, he's just a cook. He's just a cook. He's just a cook. It's like, and we, it's like man, these these people are so unbelievably talented, man. They can, they like, they can provide for them. That's a whole skill set that is so essential, man, like, like to to be able to you know f feed yourself and provide for yourself it's it doesn't get enough credit bro straight up um reply from gsv cargo cult to a degree the industry does attract those types of people in my experience restaurants are meritocracies more than other workplaces and if someone can get the plates out on time they'll be hired whether or not they went to chef school the good side of that is that people who don't have the privilege or money or connections can work their way up in that classic American dream kind of way. The bad side is that it attracts a lot of drunks and wild people. 
Poem for your sprog replies and says, if someone can get the plates out on time, they'll be hired. The bad side is that attracts a lot of drunk and wild people. If you, that was just, they were quoting from the last, uh, last response. If you enjoy a whole day shift, if you can get your plates out swift, if you can attempt to cope with the stress with a drink and drugs and nothing less, if you can gladly ply your craft while underpaid and understaffed, if you can man a kitchen twice as hot as hell and half as nice, if you can do the work of four from dusk till dawn or maybe more while sacrificing all for speed, then baby, you're the one that we need. That was nice. That was cool. I, that was a cool poem. Um... Next one comes from Grammar Life. Love that everyone is just naming every job ever. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think there are there are some some jobs that just, yeah, specifically attract certain types of people. I got to say this, all right? Okay. I don't want to diss anyone. I know a lot of people are proud of this. And this is just my personal view, to be honest. I'm not a huge fan of the military, you know what I mean? I don't, I, especially in Canada, there's been a lot of controversy and toxic work culture in the, in the military, sexual abuse allegations, all sorts of stuff like this. Not a very, you know, positive work environment. That's what you hear from a lot of people who have been, you know, like, uh, who've worked in and out of the military and, um, you know, people who are veterans and stuff. But I, there are some people who the military attracts because it's they are literal psychopaths. Like they are they are so manipulative and narcissistic but they know that and they can manipulate themselves into being Mr. Nice Guy, being someone who people who you know can feel as a nice person but then it, it, when it comes to the real shit they're there for themselves. There and I and I've known some people in the past and I'm like, bruh, like I would be terrified if you had a gun, bro. I would be terrified, dude. Like, like you are the last person who I feel like should ever own a gun. And this motherfucker's in the military, bro. Like, I think the military, not everybody, but I definitely think it's one of those um, positions or professions that can attract a lot of weirdos, man. I've definitely met a lot of people in the military who are, like, weirdos, too. There's this guy on Instagram. I forget his name. He does super funny skits, but he does a skit where he's, like, trying to play a military recruiter. And, like, military recruiting in the U.S. is very different than it is in Canada. Like, Canada, we don't really actually see a whole lot of, like, military recruiters. But I know in the U.S. it's, like, a big thing. You know, they come to your school. They, you know, they're trying to they're trying to find people. But he's, but he's like... Oh my god. Like uh he he's just playing the skit where he's like in the hallway and he's like he's like what's your GPA? What's your GPA? People keep ignoring him. And he's like, "Can I see your GPA?" This one came and he's like, "1.4. Fuck yes, we can get it down." He's like, "We can get it down to 1.1." And he's like he's like, "No, it doesn't matter. You're a fucking idiot." And it's just like he's like, "Just listen to me." And he's like and he's like uh he's like, "Do you want to be scarred for life? Mentally scarred for life? Do you want your wife to cheat on you? Then you, we got the right place for you." And this is really funny. Um all right, next one comes from Purple Grass 5300. As a CPS worker, the investigation supervisors were all having affairs and one strangled the new hire in our office. Our judge got our judge got a DUI. Even HR was sleeping with the office manager. What the fuck? Oh my god, bro. 
What is this, man? CPS? Why are you struggling? Why are you strangling someone, bro? You're literally the investigator. You are literally the person who's looking for stranglers. And you're like, find the kids. Ah, give these kids a happy home. Ah, why are you strangling people, bro? Like, isn't that what you go to look for to stop people from doing, from taking kids away from people who do that? Like, I want, like, maybe you shouldn't have your fucking kids, bro. Um, judge got a DUI and even HR was leaving with the awesome manager. Yeah, it seems like a couple conflicts there. Just a little, yeah, it's workplace conflicts. Don't, don't worry about working here. You know, we have a few office spit spats. You know, workplace conflicts do arise. They absolutely arise, you know. And we, it's all about how we deal with them, right? It's all about how we work together to create solutions. Like, for example... The manager, you know the manager, you met him, right, Jason? The manager, Jason, um, for last week, for just a, for example, just a little office spit spat, nothing out of the norm, um, strangled Chris. And, and you know, like, it was inappropriate. On in hindsight, and Jason recognizes that, okay? In hindsight, that was inappropriate, all right? And here's another office conflict, Jason, again, Sleeping with our HR manager. Again, little conflict there, right? Because, you know, he's not being reported to the authorities. So that's another conflict. And, you know, Chris tried actually to report it to the police, um, but HR denied everything and, you know, blackmailed a lot of people in the office to not say anything about it. So Chris looks kind of like the, you know, he's, 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 you know, he's the victim in this situation, clearly, but, you know, it's, you know, other than that, really, it's, it's a great place to work, really, it's, you know, it's a fun, loving environment, we love fun, you know, we love, we, we, we love more, Jason loves his fun, he's a little, little aggressive, little aggressive, but, but he's, he's, he's fun, he's a fun guy, right, he's, he's just a fun guy, right, he's one of those fun guys, right, he just, but you don't, 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 don't let, don't, don't, you have to let him win, though, if we're going to do any office parties and games. You got to let him win, okay? You really, you really don't want to see him lose, especially if you're the one who beat him. Don't even, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's cool. Love it. Uh, statistic, statistician crazy 703 replies and says, hi, I'm a rep from Netflix. Can you tell me that story again, maybe over the course of three to five seasons? I would watch the shit out of that. I would absolutely watch watch the shit out of that. Um, Lift heavy-ish. Uh, new response says, healthcare. Some of the best providers I have ever met have very interesting life stories or fucked up pasts. Um, reply, PM your puppers. High stress job? Check. Frequent verbal abuse? Check. Occasional physical abuse? Checks. Check. Long shifts frequently with little to no breaks? Check. If you don't come into this field a little messed up, you may leave a little messed up. Let's not even talk about COVID where people were dying constantly and families accused us of murdering their loved ones. Yeah, that's that's COVID, man. That's 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 healthcare, bro. My sister is a nurse and you can see, man, you can see the job is very stressful and you got to see some crazy shit, man. If she wasn't you know, she's a very resilient person. She's a great person, but I guarantee you, if I were to ask her, she probably is, has become, you know, more desensitized since she's started her job to things than she was before. Because at a certain point, man, 
you just got to keep seeing messed up shit. And it's like, you got to help, man. You got to help people. So you just got to move past. She's always been good at that, though. Like, you know, seeing crazy shit and just working through it. But at a certain point, man, that shit's got to get to you, bro. I wouldn't be surprised if she's got a little bit of... And, you know, you guys know Elena. She's been on the show before. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if she, she's got some scars, you know, there from that, from that profession. Cause it's just, yeah, I could never do it. I could never do it. Nope. Not, I'm not bad in a crisis situation, but I'm saying not as a job, not as a profession, not for me. I'm not trying to see blood squirting out of somebody's leg, broken, nasty. No, um, that's not everybody who works as a nurse, but you know, you always got to be prepared for anything. Uh, Lal always liked your mom. Vortex uh, comments and says, honestly, shocked no one has mentioned the music industry scene at every level. Drug and alcohol and, and domestic uh, violence, sociopath sociopathy and narcissistic abuse, bullying, gatekeeping, rape, etc. Especially at the local level in everyone's local music scene, even the hipsters and the musicians date and all of their friends. Toxic AF. Yeah, the music industry... That's another one that, you know, it's not difficult. It's not, it's not a stretch of the imagination to, you know, think that uh, there are some people in the music industry that are pretty messed up, you know. That's, that's where some of the best music comes from, man, is from a very dark place, bro. Not saying that that's something I condone. It's just if you listen to some of musicians and artist stories like... They will say that, you know, it's it's not easy, bro. Life is not easy, and there's a reason why they've, you know, been... There's a reason why they are the way they are, you know. They've just had those experiences. But, yeah. Um, Matt DeCat replies and says, I worked in a big local scene for years. It really made me jaded towards music. There are plenty of wholesome, talented artists, but it's overshadowed by the number of predators that joined a band to be sexually aggressive and push drugs onto 18-year-olds. And you can't separate artist, art from artist when you're stuck in a green room with a, mar with a monster. Yeah, that's, yeah, 100%. Um, Lawwee's Like Your Mind replied and says, Absolutely agree. My local indie music scene, Hipsters, is just like this. Girls have committed suicide. Girls have been abused by sociopaths. People OD constantly. The male abusers are enabled. And the female victims are bullied and ostracized and after they after already being violently abused. And when you try to stand up to it, they have this gatekeeping hipster mob mentality. They are predatory and toxic. This is Knoxville uh, music scene, by the way. Damn, bro. That sounds awful, dude. We need to launch an investigation, bro. Come on, dog. Like this this is the worst thing too, man, is these these dudes will play the hipster role. And it's like, oh, man, I'm so chill. Like, why don't you just, like, you know, do this or else? It's like, I'm just a hippie, bro. I'm just a peace and love. So if you believe in peace and love, then you better do this for me right fucking now before I fucking snap your neck. How does that sound? All right? But peace and love. All right? So let's go. Yeah, like, bro. That's the farthest thing from peace and love, bro. Like, come on. They, like, the music scene, uh, I'm not I'm not surprised that that's in music. It's so sad, too, because I feel like people, you know, you want to associate music with positivity and and feelings of joy, you know, feelings of, 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 uh, of hardship, triumph, and all the things that make human experiences human. But when you find out, like, like, man, like, 
this happened with big artists in Canada over the last couple of years. Um, there was this band called Headley and the lead singer of it. My mom is a big fan and I knew lots of people. I mean, they were on the radio all the time growing up. They were, they were pretty big here in Canada. And then it came out a couple of years ago that the lead singer was, you know, uh, sexually assaulting and abusing women for a long time. And it's just, man, it's so tough because it's just like, how can someone who makes such great music be so evil and vile and, and disgusting? And yeah, like, I don't know, like we, we just can't listen to the music anymore because it's forever associated and tied with, with, I mean, we saw, I've seen them in concert, you know what I mean? Like, and it's just now like, it's just like to think that he was probably doing that shit when he, when he was performing on stage and we watched him and he was singing his, these songs that are just genuinely beautiful songs. It's just like, now you lose all, you know, you lose faith in that. It's like, damn, bro. Why? Why, bro? Like you have you have so much already, bro. Why are you trying to take away from other people, man? Like why, dude? Like figure out your shit, bro. Like figure it out, dude. You obviously know what you're doing is wrong. Like come on, bro. It's just, oh, disappointing, bro. So so disappointing, man. Like it's just yeah, it's just just disgusting, just revolting, honestly, bro. Now, let's read off one more. This one comes from M M G or M Jerry A. I was a busboy at 16 years old. The very first staff meeting I attended, management started off by telling us, "No more doing coke in the parking lot. Our guests are not blind." I was literally <laughs> I was literally a church-going altar boy and was scared to work there, but everyone has has was a high-energy character and kind of looked out for me. Yeah, high-energy character. That doesn't seem uh, like it fits uh, doesn't fit the description there. There was a bunch of slamming, yelling, cursing, and fighting, but nobody was malicious. After college, I worked in finance, uh, a boiler room sales office, and those guys were a bunch of entitled, greedy, racist, elitist, narcissistic, violent douchebags. The first week, uh, I was killing it and thought I could put up with the toxic environment because the money was great. I quit by the end of the week. Good for you, man. Good for you. That takes a lot to, to quit a job like that, bro, especially something that's like good, good income, all that type of thing. All right, folks. Thank you all so much. Um for tuning into this week's episode. Remember, no doing coke in the parking lot. Uh, no parking lot coke sessions, all right? Keep those to a minimum. Guests aren't blind. Um, thank you all so much for tuning in to the Reddit Ask Us podcast. Remember, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, remember to like, comment, and subscribe. If you're listening to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever else, get your podcast, please leave us a rating, and also please, please, please leave us a review. Um, remember, you can answer this week's Reddit question by going and to Spotify, clicking the description of the episode. Below the description is a white icon that says reply. You can reply and you'll be notified when your response is published. Thank you all so much for tuning into this week's episode and I will see y'all again next week. Peace out. Love you. Bye.